Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 Podcast. And I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I fool people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What is up, Grizz family? We've killed the king again. We've taken over the Grizz 901 podcast. The weekday boo got mad that he got replaced last week, and so here I am deciding to lead the charge this week. But excited to be back on here. I, I missed being back on here with you guys last week, but we have got quite an eventful, at least planned an eventful show. We'll see how eventful it actually gets, but I brought on two of my favorite guys. They're going to be talking about a little bit of stuff they got going on outside of this specific podcast, still part of the Grizz 901 Network, though. Luke and Chris. Luke, Chris, how we doing, guys? I'm good, brother. I'm happy to be here. It's a good day. Grizz won last night. That's a plus. <laughs> Victory show. That's what I'm talking about. Chris, we had some technical difficulties, but you're here now. How you doing, man? Man, it seems like every time I'm doing anything technical, I get difficult. But it's all good. It's all good. Like Luke said, the Grizz win last night. I'm getting over some kind of bug. So it's I'm I'm kinda getting on the other side of that. So I ain't got no complaints, bro. I'm good. How y'all doing? I mean, how you doing, Nate? Oh, victory show. Victory Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know what day of the week it is. I'm just surprised I still have a job. But happy to be here with you guys, man. It's always good to be on after a Grizz win. And I know you guys have a lot going on with your podcasts you released earlier in the week. So for anyone who is unawares, we actually have a new podcast in the Grizz 901 Podcast Network, the No Bluffing Podcast. They released their debut episode yesterday. It was awesome. We're going to get into the parts that I disagreed with, but I thought that it was still awesome. But guys, tell us a little bit about that. Chris, I'll sort of let you take the reins if, you're, if your computer's going to be able to handle it. But just tell us a little bit about No Bluffing, sort of what it is, what it's going to be, how it's going to be a little bit different than this, and what your plan is with it going forward. Yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was my baby, man. It was a brainchild I had for about a year. Um, I think I brought it to you and, um, and Daniel, probably about when we first got with Grizz Lead or whatever, and um just kind of you know some things wasn't lining up and and finally they did line up um uh, and it was time to go i didn't want to really wait you know a little bit longer i know it was a little late getting started in the season but luckily we're not too far in but uh i mean the name speaks for itself we just want to have you know completely honest raw um unfiltered but slightly filtered um uh, analysis and just break down how we feel about the team man and um you know that first episode if y'all got a chance to check it out, uh, we will be releasing some of the, the, the video content constantly on YouTube, but the audio is fully out, and uh, it's a different, you know, format for podcasts that I've, you know, seen with um, Grizzly Media, so uh, check it out. Tell us how y'all feel. If y'all like it, some things y'all don't, listen, you know, dislike and things like that, we open to definitely getting critiques, but, um, you know, I'm just, I appreciate Luke and Nicole coming on because they are like we all have like three dynamically different personalities, but they mesh so well. 
And um, I'm just excited to, you know, see where it goes from here. So, like I said, uh, y'all definitely tap in with us. And, uh, you know, we'll have Nate and the crew on at some point, you know, as guests because, you know, it's, we all family here. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> Better have me on. <laughs> I'm just playing. Oh, no. Oh, no, listen, it was it was seriously, it was a ton of fun. I uh, listened to it yesterday, finished up listening to it this morning. Ton of fun listening to them from a different perspective, like Chris was saying. You have three different personalities coming in, but you can tell they all love the Grizz. And so it's a fun podcast to be on. So um, they they definitely say a little unfiltered. Daniel isn't here today, so this is going to be pretty unfiltered. This will quickly devolve into mayhem. But as we get into that, before I get into any of my tangents, as always, we are presented by Zake Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. So if you need any kind of insurance, life, home, auto, insuring jewelry, which Daniel always makes sure to bring up. And once I got married, I figured out that was a real thing. They got you covered. So head on down, see Jake, Zach, Zach Jaworski State Farm. Terrible ad read. I can't make fun of Daniel anymore. Zach Jaworski <laughs> State Farm. Tell him the Grizzly, Grizz901 crew sent you. He's going to get you taken care of. But I'm going to get on a little bit of a monologue here, guys. So I'm going to make myself the big screen. Oh, I made Luke the big screen. I'm going to make myself the normal screen because I can't figure out the screen. So before we get into anything going on with the No Bluffing Podcast, before we get into the state of grizzness that we want to hit on later on, I have got to address the state of Utah. Utah, I don't know what it is, but y'all have to do better. I have been to four jazz games now since I've been a resident of the state of Utah. Three of them, I have had an incident with another fan. Three. Now listen, I am a acknowledged temperamental guy. My emotions can get the better of me. I'm aware of this. But I also spent 18 years of my life, it feels like, in a college locker room baseball locker room, not a college locker room. That'd be weird if it for 18 years, a baseball locker room. I have been a fan of sports for years. I've been to games in Atlanta. I've been to games in Mississippi. I've been to games in Florida. I've been to games in Denver. I've been to games all over the country that were opposing fans arenas without incident, all of them without incident. And 75% of the games that I've been to have gotten obscene enough where I felt like I needed to say something in Utah. The self-awareness is astounding. We saw it went pretty viral, a lack of self-awareness amongst some Utahns over the weekend for Halloween. And I've got to be honest, it's it's rampant. I run into this stuff every day. And I, I just, the state of Utah, if it gets to the point where I think that you're being vulgar enough, I'm going to say something. I mean, really, I'm going to say something because of how vulgar you're being. This has gotten absurd. So stay to Utah, do better, be better. I want it to be fun to go to these games. I don't want to go to these games. Other fans shouldn't go to these games and be wondering, are they going to have to sit there and like avoid conflict because they're rooting for the other team? All right, listen, I could even go to a game in Philly, and they're going to yell and scream at me, but I don't feel like it'd be bad. Like I love the back and forth. I want to poke at you. Want you to poke at me. Loser buys beers after the game. That, that's how it should be. It shouldn't be this. Oh man, I really have to make sure. Like I have to watch out for my wife when we go to these games. Utah, get some culture. Do better. Now, 
On to tirade number two that is related to Grizzness. Y'all were out of pocket talking about Dylan Brooks yesterday. Y'all were out of pocket. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get to it. And listen, I'm also fully aware of the Dylan Brooks conundrum. Even if you love Dylan Brooks, you hate Dylan Brooks. That's part of the Dylan Brooks relationship. But now it's gotten so far towards we're going to throw Dylan under the bus. It's absurd. So we're five games in. Five games into the season. Luke earlier, before we got on here, said, I just need two games in a row. I'm like, he's only played in five. He's only played in five games this season. But here are some stats before we get into this. He is third on the team in field goal attempts per game behind Ja and Dez. Do you, that's exactly how it should be. That's exactly how it should be with Jaron out. Zaire is the one we said before the season. Maybe could leapfrog him. No, not yet. Y'all had the whole echo chamber on no bluffing yesterday. We're going in now. Third and field goal attempts behind John Des. Exactly where you want him to be. He has been at most in a game, second on the team in field goal attempts in a game. At most, including the guys out including the game where Dez was out. And on one of those, he was on a heater in Utah, and he still didn't take as many field goal attempts as Dez. Last night, he was fifth on the team in field goal attempts. He was last amongst the starters in field goal attempts on the entire game. Now, if you look at his stats, he's shooting 39.7% from the floor right now. Not great. He's shooting 40.5% from three. Pretty good. Now, if you take out the first game back from injury, where he was clearly terrible. There's no arguing he wasn't terrible. He was throwing up bad shots, trying to get in the rhythm. He is now shooting 45.4% from the floor and 50% from three. 45 from the floor, 50% from three. That is better percentage than Desmond Bain on both accounts. And he's also turned the ball over less than Desmond Bain per game. All of those stats say that Dylan is doing what we asked him to do. Now, am I saying that he's going to be a better shooter than Desmond Bain? Obviously not. My point is we are five games into Dylan Brooks' season, and we're already saying all this stuff, when actually the numbers say he's doing what we asked him to do. He is doing what we asked him to do. We said, take a step back. We want you being fourth on the team in shots when Jaron is there. Jaron's not there. He's third on the team in shots, and he's closer to fourth on the team in shots than he is to second on the team in shots. He's not turning the ball over, and he's shooting a high percentage. 50% from three is great. Again, it's only five games. He might shoot 30% from three this year, but so far he's doing what we asked him to do. All right, so y'all are so out of pocket. I don't even know. Like, I understand the hate from Dylan Brooks in the first game he was back. I get it. I get it. Because he went two for 13 and he was just throwing up everything he could possibly get his hands on. Since that first game, he's been exactly what we want him to be. So that is my tirade. Everybody keeps saying Luke wants to talk. Luke, you are welcome to talk. You're welcome to address this. But those are the numbers. I made sure to really dig on on them before I brought them on here. And they said exactly what I thought they would say. I was, I was going to say, I feel a little bit like a jackass with that five-game sample size because it, it, why does those five games feel like 25 already, though? You know, Because like, people like, want them to feel like 25. 
the Dylan Brooks agenda says we want these to feel like 25 games. It just does. And really, it was the first game. The first game was like that, oh, Dylan, quit shooting. And I was with y'all. I was 100% like, Dylan, quit shooting the basketball. Everyone is making more shots than you. But since that first game, it has not been the case. It just hasn't. The first game was terrible. Every game since has been what we want. I would really like last night. I thought last night was my like ideal, you know, like ideal Dylan, you know, playing awesome defense. I mean, he had Simons locked up like it, it took Simons up until what the third quarter to really get cooking. Like he was playing great defense, only like not shooting the ball, like only shooting it when he knew he had his shots. Like if, if we could get that Dylan every single game, I would be happy. I, I mean, and even looking, even the loss against, it was that first loss against Utah where he was just on a heater where he went off for like 30. Like I would even take that Dylan, but it's like the Dylan in that second loss against Utah and the Dylan in the win against Sacramento. I just, and I got to remember it's five games. I can't believe it's, it's five games. Nathan, you said five games. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's been at least 25, <laughs> but <laughs> well, and I will say you're not the only one feeling like that. I had somebody, uh, I can't remember who it was. Say something to me yesterday on last night on Twitter that Zaire was way better than Roddy at this point in the season. I'm like, no, we're only eight games in, and Zaire was pretty lost. Not. So it's this is a general feeling. And listen, I get it too. I'm like, man, after the second Utah game, I was like, man, this team might be in trouble. And I had to look back and be like, yo, this is game seven. We're okay, right? Yeah. Take a breath. But I think it's important to point that out. And in all seriousness, we are seven games in. But sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want. Well, no, that's those shooting numbers are feeling, insane. Right? right, like those are much better than I was expecting. I'm looking at it right now, and I, I it's those much better than I was thinking. I think everyone got stuck on game one. Everyone got stuck on the game one, two for thirteen, zero oh for five from three performance, and we're like, oh, same old Dylan been the same old Dylan since that first game he's not turning the ball over anymore either which is really nice to see when everyone else on the team is turning the ball over yeah John does <laughs> so okay. they're gonna be all right <laughs> they're gonna be all right but uh Chris you and me are the main ones that go back and forth on this so I would love to hear your thoughts I had to get a, a clear my throat man um uh, want to make sure I don't get caught up when I'm talking um, I give you last night. I give you last night. But again, I'm not one of those people that's gonna go off of one game. So I'm not about to say that Dylan is turning a new leaf. I'm not giving y'all that. I'm not giving you that, Nate. I'm not giving Black Lives in the chat that, and I'm not giving anybody in Greasy Twitter that's saying that. No, like he has not turned over a new leaf. He has not bought in yet. Like y'all, we can't say on one hand, oh, it's five games. It's a a decent sample size, and then we turn around and say like. Like, we can't have it both ways, y'all. I'm just going to say that. Like, it's just five games. And on top of that, two of those five, if we look at the stats, which was the first two, were terrible. Last night, again, nine points, three of seven. That's a dealing game for me. And if we're going to be honest, if we go back to the No Bluffing podcast, I did say that the perfect role for him, like we've always said, is three and D. Like, guard the best uh, the best player on the, on, the team, on the other team, stay in the corner, hit threes, his three-point percentage is good. Like, if he sticks to that role of that, I'm cool with him. But it's like we can't sit here and say one game, this is what Dylan has bought into because that's not true. Like, it was 
two games ago, I want to say, in Utah, when we got an offensive rebound, got kicked out to him at the top of the three-point line, Ja Morant, oh, was it Ja Morant, either the game that Ja played or it was the game that Ja didn't play and Desmond was next to him. I want to say it was the one that Ja played, though. Ja's right next to him. And instead of, like, resetting, we got a whole new 14 seconds to do whatever, he bends his knees like he does when he shoots in inward, that awkward stance that he does, and lets it fly. And I'm like, bro, we got 14 seconds. John Moran is right next to you. That was not a great shot. Like, you can't change his mental. Like, it's not happening. So, for one game that he just so happened to play great, good job, Billy. Like, we all know my, my thoughts that I had uh, about Santi Aldama um, this past offseason. Like, I was really big on, like, he's going to have to prove it to me that he's an actual rotation NBA player. That's a guy that's done something consistently. Like, if you look at his body of work in the, um, in the summer league, I was still iffy on that because it wasn't, like, actual NBA rotational players, but he did have a great summer league, and then you bring that over into the preseason. And then now we are almost 10 games in. He's been pretty consistent from summer league to now. I can say that's a large enough sample side to say Santi Aldama is not a finished product, but he's going to be consistently what he's been. Dylan Brooks ain't gave me that yet. I'm talking about 2025 body of work to say I'm willing to submit to this role. Dylan ain't showing me that. I'm not going off one game. I can't. Like, his irrational decisions just don't make sense to me. So I'll give him last night perfect role perfect game that we need him to play but I told Luke Freepod like even last the game before last night when that first play of the game he went and made that crazy layup I said oh Dylan's gonna go nuts and not in a good way <laughs> if he made an and one and start the game like that he's about to go crazy now granted he did calm down a little bit but like I'm just not I'm not convinced yet y'all and, and again the amount of money that he's on command um, at the end of the offseason, I believe he's going to at least want around $18 million plus for what he gives us or what he needs to give us. Now, one more thing. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, I put a tweet out there last night that I was watching a particular player's uh, style of play. I sat there and watched Dylan Brooks play defense the whole game. The whole game. This whole notion that he's this just locked down, shut down defender. You can really teach what Dylan does. Because most of the time what he was doing with Anthony Simons was just denying the ball. It wasn't nothing like crazy Anthony still came with 31 points last night so he didn't shut him down like okay like Zaire can do exactly what he does so if we can if we got somebody to compare to the things that he does it's just I don't feel like he's that important for our future when we got Ja, Dez, Jaren and then whoever else coming behind him with these rookies that's just my personal opinion I didn't mean to take up that much time but like Black Lives, nobody's a lockdown, though. But we show and grill Twitter to make it seem like Dylan is. <laughs> we really do. And he's not. Right. I agree. Nobody's okay. not, but he's not. But I'm going to let it go. I, I got – okay. First <laughs> off, I would say as far as you're not buying in after five games, I'd say that's completely fair. I want to see more from Dylan more consistently, too. I think what I have seen, again, from we, – we all have our biases coming in. I've seen stuff that makes me think, yeah, he might actually be – buying into that role. I've seen stuff that says, okay, he's trying to be more efficient. He recognizes he's not Ja, he's not Des. But five games in, it is too early to say that. As far as the defense goes, I actually agree that you can teach that to players. You can teach them to defend how Dylan Brooks defends. You can teach the mentality where people actually do it. The there's, a reason, there's a reason you have super athletic, incredible players who can't defend 
but they could defend if they really tried. And Dylan is a guy who just buys into that. He buys, he says, okay, I'm going to do this. He takes pride in doing that. And that is a, that is something that's not built into everybody. So I think that's the difference with Dylan is he brings the mentality that is ready to do that. I agree. I don't think he has some spectacular skill set. I don't think he is this amazing natural defender like a TA was, right? I, but I do think he brings the same mentality as TA. And that is increasingly hard to find in a scorer's league and a league that is defined by highlights and offensive firepower. So those are my two things there. I, um, I agree with the sample size, but that's why I thought you guys were so out of pocket. Because the sample size is so small and the numbers say Dylan is what we want him to be so far. So we will see. But just like it's too early to say Dylan Brooks is the franchise cornerstone bought into his role. It's too early to say, send that dude out of here. He's terrible. He's still taking all these terrible shots, right? Like he took, listen, I watched the game last night too. He took a couple of shots. I'm like, Dylan, I don't want you taking those shots. But for the most part, they were in rhythm shots. Even the ones he missed where I'm like, that's a good Dylan look. And he only took seven of them. Again, fifth on the team in field goal attempts. But too early in the season to say on any of it. Got to stay off Dylan Brooks back. Got to stay off of our rookies backs too, guys. This is less to you two and more so to Grizz Twitter, Grizz Nation. Be patient with the rookies. We're eight games in. We are eight games in. I saw some stuff on David Roddy. I sat there and I said the game's too fast for David Roddy. I agree, and I'm the one who thought I thought he looked more ready in summer league and preseason than I thought uh, Laravia looked. And I've, I've been proven wrong by a lot. I was definitely wrong on that. But still, preach patience. Like he doesn't have to be ready. Just like Laravia didn't have to be ready. Preach patience. These guys are not supposed to be playing this much right now. All right, they are not supposed to be doing all this work that they're having to do with all these guys out. The Grizzlies aren't whole. But I want to hop into State of Grizz after a week and a half or two and a half weeks, give or take, of, of gameplay. And I want to start off with you, Luke, um, because Chris and I have monologued back and forth enough <laughs> at this point. Um, what uh, have you seen that you uh, really – let's do um, – Let's go bad news first, good news second. What have you seen that you really haven't liked from the team so far? And then what have you seen that you're like, this is promising? I have not enjoyed – well, I don't even – have we played defense this season? It's The defense has been so bad. And I know Jaron's out. Like, I know that's a very, very big reason as to why the defense is lacking. And it's like going off what we were saying earlier, with Dylan playing the defense that he is playing, it, like – I can't imagine losing him right now. Like if he wasn't playing, we, I mean, I'm sure, what are we? Are we the last ranked defense right now? I know we're not doing very hot, but what'd you say, Nate? Oh, my bad. I, I thought I was off mute. We are, we were dead last before last night's game. I don't know. After last night's game. Uh, it's just, we, I do not like seeing that. And, and it's, and I, the co- co- G- coach Jenkins doesn't either, man. Like he's calling these timeouts. If he doesn't like what they're doing, he calls timeout immediately. Like he is not, not taking any of their SHIT, you know, like he's not taking any of it this season. I, I'm hoping, and you know, when Jaron gets back, the defense is going to get better. That's, you know, he's an all pro defense, all defense guy, you know, like that's going to get better. But right now, I mean, last season was the same way. We started off really bad defensively and it just, it makes my stomach drop to see it again. I know it's going to change, but right now that's my biggest cause for, for concern. 
the thing that I've been most pleased with, honestly, man, I love what Jitty's been doing. Uh, you know, when we gave him that extension, I, I, I wasn't worried, but it, it showed that they had a lot of confidence in him. And I, not that I thought it was going to be misplaced, but he has, he has proven them right. And then some, you know, like he's taking shots, the shots are going in, he's contributing, he's doing jitty things all across the board. You know, he's, he's getting boards. The dude is rebounding like crazy. He's just, he's one of my favorite players to watch and they're running more stuff for him now with melt and slow-mo out. And I just, I've really enjoyed seeing the way that he's contributing and he's just going to get better, man. Like, the more minutes he gets with these guys, he's just going to be a more integral part of this team moving forward. And I can't wait to see it. He does all the little things, dude. All, all the little, little things. things. It's fun to watch. I, I, mm-hmm. I love his quick trigger too. I think I put some out there last week, but that dude, when he shoots it, he it's out of his hands. Crazy yeah. fast. It's perfect to yeah. be next to Ja and next to Tyus. Honestly, it's, it's a good fit. So I, I'm with you on that. I think the defense is definitely a talking point, but before I get into anything else, Chris, same thing to you. What, what do you, um, I won't say hate. What concerns you and what do you love? We'll do love. We don't do hate on this show. Yeah, yeah, it's enough of that out there. We're good on that. Um, what I love, man, is just um, kind of like what, what what Luke was saying. Like, again, I, I, I preach and, and, and applaud Coach Jenkins for the job he's doing. Um, you know, people be, be on been on his back, you know, since day one. Like, he'll have a good, you know, sample size of games of making, you know, good calls and stuff, and then he'll have maybe one or two bad ones, and then people ready to, you know, fire him. And I just – He's shown us enough that he's the right guy for this job long term. He has the locker room behind him, his star players behind him. And I can't remember what – I want to say it was Chris Vernon he was talking about, like a lot of times where these coaches are getting fired. And half of the time it's never the star player that uh, comes out to support, uh, you know, keeping the coach. They're just like, okay, cool, we good. We'll go ahead and move on to the next one. It's very rare when you see a star player be like, oh, my God, like I hate that you let him go. And I think that would happen in the case of – that ever, you know, happened to uh, Coach Taylor Jenkins. So, uh, proud of him. You can see he's starting to, you know, I can't say he's doing a better job of kind of trying to reel Dylan in. Dylan's going to do what he's going to do, but um, he's he's just more vocal. I, I appreciate that. Um, Jiddy and Aldama, those are my highlights of the year so far, for sure. Again, I can't say enough how proud I am of him, uh, of both of those guys stepping into the roles they're doing. And it's just amazing to see, like, the jump that he made. Like I, I said before, Zaire, I don't know if he's going to make the, the Desmond Bain leap that he made last year, this year. I think that may come year three for him. But to see just the polar opposites that Santi came from last year, you know, besides that reverse dunk, I mean, not nothing too crazy that we saw last year, but to be in where he is now, I mean, that's great for us. So um, outside of just the, the turnovers, I, that was really – uncharacteristic for us, you know, seeing those. And I know Dez has the ball in his hands a lot more this year. So he's going to get better, um, obviously, the more he does it. But, you know, besides that and the defense, we can preach that all day long. That will get better. I think um, we'll be fine. I'm I'm not tripping at all. We'll be good. Yeah, Dez has been asked to do a lot more this year, and that's going to be part of their long-term plan for what they're going to look at come – end of this season playoffs looking ahead him handling the ball a lot more and it's definitely um something he's gotten a lot better at but something he still has quite a bit of growth in that and really learning how to I think stay under control I think he has the skills he just gets a little bit ahead of himself sometimes but 
even in that regard, he's grown a lot. And uh, shout out to the chat. We got Daniel's thing pulled up here, but thank you guys for engaging. Y'all are saying so much. I actually can't keep up. I just sort of look over and see a comment that agrees with me, followed by one that adamantly disagrees with me. And that's what I like to see in there. So love that. And yeah, listen, we all love Taylor Jenkins. This is a Taylor Jenkins uh, love podcast. Love the guy. I would like to see a little bit more movement, I think, though, in the half court. That was one thing I noticed last night. I think it was stood out because the Grizzlies had such a big lead and were trying to kill clock. It stood out more than the other games. But I'd like to see a lot more movement on that side of the ball outside of the screen at the top and everything going from there. Listen, it's it works when Ja is on, but what's going to happen when Ja isn't on or when you need to take the load off of Ja? You just need a little bit more happening. And in those late-game situations, they dig themselves into a hole. And I think there's a reason we see a theme of teams sort of coming back from deficits end of the game against the Grizzlies because they take their foot off the gas and they aren't scoring, which means they aren't going to be flying around, not only on offense, but on defense, and it just throws off their entire game plan, right? Roddy is being doing exactly what he's being told to do. That's sort of what I'm saying. I'm on a coaching point here, Daniel. Sorry, we, we have a Daniel in the chat trying to pick on me because he knows I'm taking over, but that's okay. But all in all, again, five games in, being being plus or above 500 at this point in the season is good with what you had. You're missing Zaire. You're missing Jaron and Dylan to start the season. You've missed Ja and Dez for a game each. You've had a lot of moving parts to be winning these games. I don't care who you're playing against. You're, it's good to be winning games in the NBA any night, especially when you're dealing with these lineups. So shout out to Coach Jenkins having these rookies in a place where they're ready enough to go. And I'm uh, I'm with you guys about the defense. Listen, I think everybody knows that. I think that Jaron's going to be a big piece of that. Jaron and Zaire are two of your top three defenders, maybe your top two defenders on the team, and both of them are out right now. And that's a huge hit to them. I don't think them coming back solves all the problems. I think we saw last night what the real problem was, which was guys were not on a string like they were last season. They were not on a string. They were not rotating. There was confusion and there was no communication, which led to Kelly Olenek hitting about 17 threes while I'm up in the nosebleeds, just crying myself to sleep. So that's the biggest thing is communication. Again, you're bringing in guys who have not played together. You're playing two rookies, a lot of real minutes. It's a lot of adjustment in that regard. So I'm not super worried about it. I also don't think Jaron and Zaire automatically solve all that. But I think we saw steps taken against Portland last night in an ugly game, an ugly win. The defense really held up. So that's big. Um, As far as stuff that I love, LaRavia has been so much better than I thought he would be. So much better. He is more ready on defense. He is The game has not sped him up. He's knocking down shots. I've loved everything I've seen out of LaRavia. We've already talked about Aldama. Conchar has been awesome. But, listen, this is going to be a really easy take, but an honest one. The Desmond Bain leap is insane. It's nuts. It was one of my preseason predictions was that he was not going to take a leap in points because I thought that there was going to be – Jaron's going to be there. Zaire's taking more shots. Dylan's going to come back and take shots. Obviously, I the Zaire and Jaron thing could be an excuse for me. Oh, they're not there to take those shots. I, it's not going to matter. I put it out right before the season started. I was like, preseason prediction, I will be wrong on. <laughs> Desmond Bain is going to take a leap in points. And he, listen, it's after a struggle to start the first couple of games. My God, the dude is awesome. 
it's awesome. He's going to be, I think he's going to be an all-star this year. I genuinely think he's going to be an all-star this year. I, I love it. I love it. We were talking about that too. We like, could just, do you trust God? Who do you trust more to go and get you 30? Like outside your superstars, who do you trust to go and get you 30 night in, night out, night in and out? Vane is at the top of that list. I think I'd agree with that. It depends. It, it sort of depends on what you're defining a superstar. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's, it, you, you have that sort of thing, but, um, yeah, I'd say Baines up there. Simon's who we just saw last night. Yeah. I take Simon points every chance I get. That dude can light it up. Um, Bain, yeah, it's I, I, I'm not prepared to go into a full conversation of every shooting guard in the league, but <laughs> I can't think of one I'd rather have, including Clay Thompson. And that's not a biased Grizzlies thing. I would much rather have Desmond Bain right now than Clay Thompson right now. Thing. I'm borderline. I would rather have Bain than Pete Clay. At this point, that's a homer take, but it's also a take that I put thought into, and I'm actually like, that might not be as homery as I thought it was to start off. What? Well, think about it. Desmond can put the ball on the floor. Yep. Clay that's the he difference. spent most of his career getting, you know, going off screens. And don't get me wrong, if Desmond can just and Cooper Ray that into his game too, like it's a wrap. Well, and that's I'm not here to say Bain is a better shooter than Pete Clay was a shooter he's getting to a point where i'm like we're starting to have a conversation but I, I still say peak clay shooting better than what we have from desmond bain right now shooting but all around game i'm taking bain it's awesome anyways that's that is i just i didn't want to leave this podcast without saying that that i love that and also the team just the team is the team's doing awesome, man. To be a, a winning record this early in the season with the moving parts you have, it's a great start to the season. So I'm super excited about it. Super excited about it. Super excited to be moving forward. And something else that we're super excited about, Zach Jaworski State Farm. We already talked about him earlier in the show. That was a great transition, by the way. I'm really proud of myself for that. But Zach Jaworski State Farm, his information is down here at the bottom. Again, if you need life insurance, home insurance, auto insurance, insurance for your jewelry or your wife's jewelry guys can have jewelry too that's okay any of that no cause act they're going to take care of you they're going to treat you like family serving the greater memphis area they are happy to get you taken care of be sure to go see them they're good guys daniel has everything insured by him and if he's willing to give daniel insurance he's willing to give you insurance so be sure and go go check him out but with that, guys, we have a bit of a shorter show today because I know each of us has a little something we have to get to after this. But um, any predictions for the rest of the week? I'm actually, I don't even know. I'm not sure I know who all they played the rest of this week. They got Hornets, Wizards. The Wizards on Sunday. Oh, that's it. They really only have one game this week against the Hornets after this. But uh, we'll, we'll count the Wizards on Sunday against that. So coming up, Hornets, Wizards, both at home, finally. The Grizzlies have a three-game home stretch coming up, which I know they've got to be thankful for after being on a West Coast trip for as long as they've been. That was a long road trip. But predictions against the Hornets and Wizards. Um, Hornets, a team that I will be upset if the Grizzlies don't pull a win out in that game. Um, Wizards, a team that I think the Grizzlies should beat but has actually been playing pretty well. Um, They've been putting together some good games. But coming from you guys, starting with you, Luke, any predictions on these two games coming up before we are going to be able to get out our our next podcast? I I think it's two dubs, two easy dubs. I I mean, I think the Hornets could make a run for worst record in the league by the time the season's over. So I think that'll be an easy dub. And 
I mean, you're, the Wizards are frisky, man. Like, I, I think Beal got that bag, and he's not really playing, you know, like 100, 100 all the time. But, like, they got a good team. They got some hoopers on that team. But I still think we pulled the dub. I'm like you. I'm going to be upset if we lose it, but I I think we can win them both. Yeah. Hornets, worst, worst record in the league and in the courts. All right, Chris. <laughs> Chris, what you got for these next two games coming up? <laughs> Dang, that was funny right there. I ain't going to lie, Nate. <laughs> um, the Wizards game is the only one that kind of, sort of, um, I'm not even going to say worries me. I'm just, I'm not 100%. I'm going to say I'm probably about 80% that we'll get that game out. But uh, if, if Porzingis plays, we know he gives us fits when, when Jaren is there. So if Jaren's not there, um, you know, the good thing about Santi, he's uh, mobile big, so he can, you know, step out there with him a little bit. Um, long as he's not going for his pump fakes and stuff and getting fouls, he can stay in the game. I think he will be okay. Um, but I, I, I think we go, you know, two and zero. Man, Lamelo's not playing with the Hornets because I think that always gets John going. Like I think they're cool with each other, but they both are just like super, like overconfident guys. And I think the, the the smack talk that they have on the court, you know, just makes some games a little bit more intriguing. But I think they pull both of them out regardless. Yep, I think uh, I think the Hornets games a win. I actually think they split these next two. I think they go one and one. Um, I think that they are a better overall team. Excuse me, sorry, better overall team than the Wizards. But Wizards are the type of team that give them fits because they have players that are really long and really skilled in Porzingis and Kuzma. Um, but if if they're able to contain those guys, I think they win that game pretty easy. I think those guys give them some trouble and they split these which I, I would be happy with. I would want them to win both, but um, really a split, I think, is all you can all you can ask for at this point. And then against the Celtics, that's going to be a really tough game coming up. The Celtics always seem to have the Grizzlies number in this new era. So a bunch of good games coming up. They ought to be fun. Listen, in the moment, I'm going to be pissed if they lose either one. It's not going to matter, right? They need to be blowing them out. They need to shoot 100% from the floor. I don't know why they would ever turn the ball over. Never foul a guy. Come on, Grizz. But it's been a fun season. Listen, I, I think biggest takeaway is we're eight games into a season that we were missing most of our rotation for for uh, the most or the most part of this season so far. And the Grizzlies have a winning record. I'm happy with it. We should be happy with it. Patience with the young guys. Just enjoy it until we get our whole lineup back. These games are entertainment for me. There's some stuff to take away from it. Hey, can Ja really make the three point shot? The answer is yes. By the way, hey, is Bang gonna be able to take a leap? The answer is yes, by the way. Hey, is Dylan binding to a role? TBD. Aldama can hold his own. Conchard. There's some stuff to take away, but all in all, let's have fun watching these games. This should be fun, okay? Once we get towards Christmas, we have all our guys back. Games start to matter more. Records start to shape up. That's when we can start having a lot more serious takes for now. Let's just keep having fun. All right. I think that's all we got, guys. Pretty short pod. I'm pretty proud of myself. Under 40 minutes before we hit the outro. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We are on Spotify, Apple Pods. If you're listening now, you know we're on YouTube now. Be sure to go over there and subscribe, rate, review. Uh, excite you up here so you can, as I like to say, see us be idiots and have our chaos and mayhem. So, um, ton of fun. Uh, love having you guys. Again, chat, thank you guys so much. It has been a blast having y'all in here. It's so much fun seeing y'all go back and forth. Uh, really enjoy that. Be sure to have the same back and forth on Twitter in the comments on YouTube, whatever it may be. And as always, be nice. Tell your friends.